Hi, this is Donna Otto, and uh, I am very pleased to be walking with you in preparation for Easter. I am just amazed, girls, at how every day in every way my heart and focus about Easter is just growing and growing and growing. And I, I want to tell you that because it, it seems like as the teacher, you know, I've been there, done that. But the reality is that it's true for all of us. Something we teach, something we continue to talk about becomes nearer and dearer to us. My husband has often said the reason why we're still married is because we kept working with young married couples. <laughs> we kept telling them what they should be doing. We kept telling them the things we had learned and failed at. We kept reading books about marriage and re being reminded of what Christ called us to. And, and so we kept fixing things in our own married life. And it is so true as we prepare our hearts. I was in my quiet time, in my prayer time, and I had this idea, I'm not a mathematics person at all. And if you live next door to me, as we've been talking about these shows having that effect, as if you live next door to me or in my neighborhood, you might knock on the door. You would not knock on my door to ask me about a mathematical question. <laughs> you just wouldn't. But if you take these days of preparation, 40 days, including the weekends, 46 or 7 days, and you divide that into the 365 days of, of the year, we're talking about a 6th or a 7th, I'm not exactly sure I should do the math, of our life being centered on this preparation for Easter. And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about, well, I, I don't want it to just pass. I don't want it to just be done with. I don't want the days to pass and me to say, okay, well, good. We did that, and then we put up the cross, and we did some activities, and we got our Easter eggs. Uh, we're going to talk in a few days about pre preparation of this basket. But if I'm going to commit one-seventh of my year to looking at preparation, to looking at that final week, we call it the week of weeks, uh, 1977, I was responsible for a children's department in our church, and I put on a Easter pageant and called it the week of weeks. I'm sure it wasn't original. <laughs> I, and of course, the story is original to the scripture. But for years, since 1977, we have been talking about the week of weeks, Passion Week, a Holy Week. If you've never seen the Jim Caviezel movie called The Passion, very, very, very hard movie to watch. Be careful with letting your children see. It's very graphic. But it will remind you in a very physical way of what Christ endured for us and the ending of the film with the crucifixion and the resurrection. We have provided for you some tools this year, and I, I keep talking about them because I want you to go to our website, and now there's a special uh, place on the home page that if you push that color, um, you'll go right to the Easter resources. There you'll find the week of weeks, the last Passover week, ending with the crucifixion, 
and uh, it gives you a reference for each day. The first day on Palm Sunday as Jesus enters Jerusalem, and the second day as he curses the barren fig tree, and the third day as there are some of these parables that he teaches about the coin particularly, and the fourth day that he announces the betrayal and the Sanhedrin plan to kill him, and Judas makes a covenant to betray him. And on the fifth day, when he sends them into the city to find a place for the Passover, and then the celebration of the Passover, and that day, um, the day ending with his life, and the stillness between that Friday, and then the Sunday resurrection, the appearance of Christ and uh, his appearance during that 40 days and his ascension following the resurrection. The staggering, I cannot imagine what might go viral in our world if that had happened in our world. If it hadn't happened in thousands of years ago world, what would it look like? Would there be someone who had his video camera that unfolded it? Would would Christ's image show up? Would the staggering moments with Mary Magdalene going to that cave and opening it, and I've had the privilege of being in the Holy Land several times, and the place that he might have been, just peeping my head into it. I think of it right now. And to know that I had seen a physical form be put into that place and to look into it now with guards in front and the stone rolled away and to find it empty. And then people like Thomas, Thomas, doubting Thomas. Have you heard that phrase? Come straight from the Bible, doubting Thomas. Why? Because he said, prove it to me. I don't want to believe you. And you know, guys, I think I might have been the same way. You are who? You tell me you're who? Well, you kind of look like him. Did you ever see the return of Martin Gere, where he takes over someone's identity and moves back to the small village and takes on his wife and his home and his belongings? He wasn't really Martin Gere. He had just been with Martin Gere in war and watched him be killed, knew he could take over his identity and have a better life than he had his own. Prove it to me. Prove it to me, the wife says. Prove it to me. Well, I think I'd be the same way as Thomas. We've posted some questions, self-examination questions. And when it comes to change and transformation, it has all in the world to do with self-examination. And so we've posted these questions. And my intent in the next few minutes, without much editorial, is to read quite calmly, pausing before each question. As we've been talking this week about pausing and waiting and teaching our children, taking a pause before we try to meet the needs of our children or of ourselves. Pause, think about it. Wait, wait on the Lord. Psalm 37, wait patiently on the Lord. So I'm going to read these questions and pause before each read each one of them. If you're any place where you have a paper and a pen, you don't want to go on our website and look at all the questions, but you just want to look at these questions or write down one of these questions that you might take one-seventh of your life these days of 40 days of preparation and ponder. How is my life unfolding in terms of my primary goal of living for God? 
What am I doing with my time? What am I doing with my life? How well am I expressing the imprint of Christ on my heart? I'm going to ask that one again. How well am I expressing the imprint of Christ upon my heart? How deep is my love? How deep is my love? How devoted is my service? How well am I functioning in the Christian life? Am I living sacrificially? Am I living for others and not myself? Do I have God's love completely overflowing in my life, so plentiful that I want to share it and give it away? Am I cheerful? Am I kind? Am I honest? Do I demonstrate gratefulness? Do I think or pause before I speak? What out of my box of ventures have I undertaken to show Jesus' love? How have I been a good example to others? How have I laughed and mourned with others? All of those questions are available to you. They're called Lenten self-examination questions, and they are adapted from some things by Emily Griffin in her book called The Small Surrenders. Thank you for joining us during this series of preparation for Easter. We've been talking about children and forgiveness and making our home ready every day in every way to show the love of Christ, springing it up and examining our own lives. This is the lady down the street or your neighbor lady. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day.